It is divisional previews time here on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. What's going on? Happy Monday. Been a little bit since we've actually recorded a podcast like live. I know the last one that I did was with Adam. That was before my birthday when I was 26. Now I'm 27. So happy birthday to me. I'm Bird. This is soon to be Jake. Jake. Hello, sir. How are you? Are you ready for for divisional previews? Dude, honestly, it's almost time for fantasy. I think after July 4th, it really creeps up on you fast. You have that like one or two summer vacation trip planned out. And, and you're full on go, man. I know for me, especially in August, I got one the 13th, the 20th. Get back the next weekend is my first draft, it looks like. So um going to have those ranks out a little bit earlier than usual this year to to really get going because I know I won't really be looking at much when, when I'm on vacation. So those drafts, we, we may be uh, a week before August 1st. So uh, th- those ranks, that is. So. That makes me happy because I, I like having the rankings disputes. The ranking disputes are white well we'll we'll have the rankings dispute show don't worry oh of course we will come on now come on now then we'll we'll, we have a live draft show we'll actually might have a couple of live draft shows this year which is going to be super awesome depending on depending on if i could get it it's it's, it might be a tough sell but i might be able to convince some people and to do a startup dynasty draft live on the podcast that might happen but that's a that's definitely a uh, a wait and uh, wait and see. So, um, but before we go into anything, I do have a little story that I have to, that I have to share with uh, with the with the class. Um, so, as I've hinted at a few hinted at a few times, there is a golf course that is right right behind my home, and there is a big golf tournament that is going on there today. And one of the guests in attendance happens to be a very good friend of the program. Mike Rabel. So before we before we started the podcast, there I was walking walking around like an idiot, trying to see if I could find Mike Rabel. And so I'm, I'm walking around. There's a whole group of people that are just that are just hanging out, and I recognized one of the people, Adam Schefter. Recognized him. Right behind my house, I managed to see Brian Baldinger and Steve Spagnolo who were just on the green finishing up. And then I'm walking, I'm, you know, going on a, diff- a different way, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then on the tee box, I see this gargantuan of a human being. I'm like, all right, that's definitely a football player. I just don't know who the hell it is. So I'm like, I'm I'm waiting. I'm like, you know, kind of backing off. I'm like, I, I really want to see who the guy is. And he turns around and it's Justin Tuck. Jake, oh yeah, my God, I'm, he is a humongous human being. I know. I I definitely have seen my fair share of big human beings before, and yeah, He's a little huge. shout out to Mike Vrabel. He he hate you know he hates fantasy and can't pick a he running does. back when Derek Henry gets hurt. I actually have an exciting new development here that I don't know if you knew about. I don't want to talk too much about it. Oh, do share. I, I I was I saw on my Facebook just now. I don't know why I was on Facebook, but I was. Okay, that was my first question. Jake I, on Facebook. This is breaking I, news. Yeah. So the challenge season 39 is in is in filming right now. And the new arc is redemption. And the cast will be of people who have never uh, won the show before. 
Kyle? <laughs> Kyle? De- G- TJ Lavin and Co. departed in early June for the- in uh, Croatia. Hold on. I, I got to see if I can find this cast. Because cast? now I'm... Oh, my now God. I'm... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have the cast right here. Okay, hit me. I don't know any of these people for the most part. Um, Is Kyle on here? Nope. There's no Kyle Christie. Oh, this this cast sucks. This cast is not good. This this isn't a good cast. Do you want to hear it? No. Okay. There there is someone on here that I'm a big fan of. Okay. All right. Go. So there's Berna from Spies, Lies, and Allies. Okay, I like Berna. I like Berna. Irrelevant. Colleen from Ride or Dies. Eh. Who cares? Oh, Jessica from the the one that was with um. Oh, what was that big uh that big guy's name? Um uh Kim? Yeah. Or or uh or Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. easy on she's easy on the eye. Okay. Michelle, who I like. Wait, 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 wait. Michelle? As in With Jay, yes, that Michelle. Okay, okay, okay. Mariah. Okay. Nerice. Right. Raven. Sophia Jimenez, who that's an Australian. Okay. Zara, I don't know who that is. Challenge UK. <gasps> oh my god. Uh-oh. Oh my god. Uh-oh. Melissa. Mel? Oh, oh okay. I'm watching the season from, now. All right. Melissa it, it, wait, is, 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 is Mel- is is that is this our Melissa Melissa Reeves from Vendettas that, that, and Final Reckoning? She's that on. Olivia. Okay. All right. And best of all, Big T. No, no. Big T. The men. Oh boy. Asaf, who you might know from Are You the One. I don't know why he doesn't associate himself with that, but uh Cullum. Oh, he's was from... he wasn't he on like total madness for like yes, a second? A second, then he was done. Okay. All right, Callum, who's from the UK, Chauncey, who's engaged, married to Amber, Amber B. I like Chauncey. I like Chauncey a lot. There's another guy from Challenge Australia, Corey Lay. That's that's not our Corey. No, 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 no. He's from. um... He was on Spies, Lies, and Allies. Yeah, but he was on. uh, He was on Twelve Dates of Christmas. That was his show. Iman Well makes his return. Okay. Okay. Huey, uh, uh, who I don't like. Oh no, Huey. Kylan from Challenge USA. Oh, he's from Big Brother. And then James from Challenge UK. And okay. then Jay. Of course, fucking Jay. And that's it. There's really no. There's they no. They couldn't sizzle. get Kyle. Can we get? There's no CT. There's no bananas. There's no Devin. There's no West. There, there, there's, there's nobody. Oh my god, that's like uh, that's a there's little... a monument. Apparently, though, that 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 I'll, I'll tell you why. You want the reasoning? There's one more that you forgot. Hell, your boy, Horatio. Oh, Horatio! I don't know how I forgot him. He is on there. <laughs> Great guy. 
But I will want to know why that the, the casting is a little underwhelming. Why? MTV has plans for a monumental season 40. Monumental. The, monument, the monumental part better be Kyle just running shit. So I think they told like the, the, the core, like, stay Take home. Take this one off. Take this one off. I fuck with it. No, I fuck with it. I could get on board with this. And we also have Challenge All-Stars coming back where we get some some familiar faces back into the fold. That will be coming to Paramount Plus this summer as well. This is the fourth one, correct? Yes. I know okay, to- so Tony Tony Reigns makes his return to the challenge. Tony is back. Okay. So I'm just looking at the cast here. Uh, Jay Mitchell. Eh, he's okay. Ace. Okay. Ryan. I don't know who Ryan is. Adam. I know who Adam is. He's all right. Uh, Derek. Ugh. Brandon. I like Brandon. He's cool. Brandon Nelson. Steve. Wait, wait who? Ooh, who? Brandon Nelson. Oh. Not, not, no, 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 not, not your boy. Not your will, boy. Will, will, Nelly not Nelly T. T. will Nelly T be cleared for the monumental season 40? He better be. He he better be. I see him in the gym. He's back. I, I but you, you do get your wish in the form of, uh, of, of Tony. Tony's back. Tony time. It's Tony time. And then let's see, Brad. Oh, well, Brad, Brad is Brad. Brad's, Brad's the man. And then. Brad was you, Kyle's season on Final Reckoning, right? That yes. Was his, that was, do you know? Do you know who who is uh, his first season back? Leroy. Oh, maybe Leroy Le- makes a return. Maybe Leroy will actually win a fucking challenge. Doubtful, doubtful, dude. But that monumental season forty. That thing. Oh my god, Veronica. I'm just looking at like the car is back. I know that. Oh, Nicole, Nicole Z. I, I, I heard her, her voice. Oh, Killer Cam. Killer Cam's back. Cara. She's Killer Cam is good. I don't like Laurel. Laurel. Oh, your girl. Laurel, Laurel Stucky. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Cara Maria. But this, the monumental season 40, we got to talk about that one of these days. Oh, we're going to, we're going to when, when we, when we hear about a, a, a cast that is, that is leaked. Come on now monumental we have to give like our ideal cast for for season 40 i think that that's could be next. a basement talk i could be a basement talk podcast uh segment at the very end monumental ide- it better be fucking monumental with this season 39 cast it better be monumental anyway wow that was uh that 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 detoured rather quickly um let's talk about the nfc west let's get let's get right into it and the first thing we have to do is we have to answer one quick question we will be doing actually so we're doing nfc west and AFC West, you'll get two episodes this week, along with the Basement Talk podcast, and then of course the continuation of the mock draft series that just seemingly will never end. That's neither here. That's neither here nor there. Um, we will be doing the NFC and AFC South next week, but then the following week, that's when Jake is on vacation. And Jake, if you wanted to actually record this in advance, we could record it in advance for you. Um, little mailbag. We could. That, we'll discuss. that could be something that we do. Yeah, we will we'll absolutely discuss that. But this is a question from the mailbag, and this comes from Alex. Jake, where is Alex from? 
Portland, Oregon. Portland. Who might be without Damian Lillard any day now. <laughs> Miami Heat. Yeah, it, it's like, it, if it's not Miami, I don't know. Yeah, J- Jake is not too happy with uh, Josiah and the Brooklyn Nets this moment in time. Yeah, no. They, uh, Jake, Jake no let, me direction. Let, me, let, let me ask you, who, who's who's higher up on your shit list? Uh, Joe Sy and the Brooklyn Nets or Hal Steinbrenner and the New York Yankees? Oh, God. Um, it, It's weird it, for me it, to say I, I to you. Think that, it, like, I, the, I think the, it's it's got to be Joe Sy. I mean, that team has no direction whatsoever. Is it, it, is it, it weird? It, is it weird for me to say to you that the New York Jets seem to be the most stable of all of, all of your teams right now? Yeah, they better win. I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. They 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 just better win, sir. <laughs> what 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 would you define as win? Uh di- div- division title, home playoff win. Okay. Good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. No. They 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 have no. There's no gray area here, bro. What what if they get a wild card? Um. Do they win a playoff game and they get a wild card spot? Sure. I'll settle for it, but we need a home playoff. I think, both fan, I think both Jets fans would bite your hand off for that. No, I would I would settle for it, but they got to win. Okay. So this question from Alex, he says, based on current ADP, and this doesn't have to be on, based on current ADP, but whatever, we'll go, we'll go with it. Based on current ADP, who is the one player from the NFC West that you would really like to have on your fantasy rosters this year. Cam Akers. Cam Akers is really, really nice right now. He's going in 12 team leagues. He's going at the 411, which is 49th overall. No, awesome. Definitely a ceiling there. Are you concerned about Sony Michelle at all going back? Because I, I just think zero concern. Him at, yeah, he's just like, okay. He's a guy. He's a guy. He doesn't he doesn't really worry me all that much. To be to be completely honest, um, I think it's actually good for Cam Akers. Now, when Sony Michelle inevitably has like a two touchdown game, and Cam Akers has fifteen carries for fifty yards, and then there's Sony Michelle five carries and two of them are touchdowns. Yeah, then I'll be a little nervous. But you know, for right for right now, for is right Michelle now, worth rostering though? If you're a Cam Akers fantasy manager, twelve no. team leagues, no. I don't think no. so. No. You could be looking at a mess if something were to happen to Cam Akers where you have Zach Evans and Kyron Williams and Yeah. Yeah, which is why which is why I just kind of think, you know, if you're taking Cam Akers at that spot at four eleven. I I will say this. If you're taking Cam Akers as your first running back and you start off, you know, the first three rounds, zero RB in whatever fashion that you want. Then I think Sony Michelle is a priority add for you, sure. But outside of that, if you're taking Cam Akers to be your flex, let's just say, then, then it's like ah, okay, you know, cause I, I I think you'd rather spend two of your roster spots on your other two running backs that you drafted ahead of Cam Akers and their handcuffs. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree there. I think you're right. Would would probably be the way be the way that 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 I would go. Um. You're not going to like me very much with the answer that I'm go- I'm going to throw out there. I want to say it anyway. Our good buddy Brandon Ayuk at 73rd overall. I kind of dig that. 
Yeah. Well, if, if Trey Lance isn't starting week one, yes, I, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. But like Darnold or Purdy starting week one, yeah, I, I could definitely get behind Brandon Ayuk, particularly in that spot. But I just think the San Francisco 49ers pass catchers with, with Trey Lance is just a recipe for disaster. But it looks like Purdy will start week one. I mean, he's starting to throw right now. We'll see where it goes. I we I hope so. I hope so. But then we also need to bring up the possibility of which I don't think is being talked about much. Maybe this is like a segue going into the 49ers and just starting from there. Actually, let's do that. Let's just go right into the 49ers. Let's talk about their quarterbacks right off the jump. Purdy, Darnold, Lance. Pick it up where we left off with Brock Purdy. We aren't talking about this enough. Is it highly plausible that Brock Purdy just isn't that good in year two? That no, he's a I think flash Shanahan. in the pan and that's it? No, I think Shanahan, I think Kyle Shanahan's too good of a coach not to make Brock Purdy look good in year two. I mean, this guy was putting up fantasy relevant pass catchers with CJ Beathard at one time, right? And all those other guys. And uh, what was the other guy? I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, um, he's the backup in like Minnesota now or something like that. Yeah, not, it's not, um, oh shit. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, yes, but the list, but the listeners don't. They're probably screaming at us right now. It's for some reason I think it's Kyle Allen, but it's not. It's not Kyle Allen. Nick Wright. No, not Nick Wright. No, uh, no. Nick Wright is from is from FS1. No, I know, I know. There's dude. There's I, it, I, it's eating at me right now. Who that guy was? Nick Mullins. That's who it Nick is. Nick Mullins. There it is. There it is. I forgot that he even existed. To be quite frank. yes, yes. So. I think Purdy will be a okay, and, and he'll be put in positions to succeed because I think he's good enough. So in my in my quarterback ranks, I'll just read them all off for you. I have right now, and this is obviously very early days of just everything because I really don't know who that guy is going to be for the 49ers. and obviously um, it'll be Purdy all, if he's healthy. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, if if Purdy is healthy, then Purdy will definitely be the way that I will that I will go. Um, I have Purdy right now as my, if this, my ranks want to load, I have Purdy as my QB 28. Lance is my QB 34 and Donald's my QB 33. Once a starter becomes clear there, it'll be hard for me to keep Purdy as a outside the borderline top 20 area. But it's like, I'm looking at all these guys here. I'm looking at him in relation to Jordan Love to Kenny Pickett, even like to Derek Carr. Purdy is kind of those guys, to be honest. And I really like we look at Kenny Pickett, right? And we we Jake, you talked about Kenny Pickett in your in your bold prediction show. Does Brock Purdy have a higher ceiling than Kenny Pickett? Because I, no. I don't think he does. No, he definitely doesn't. What's his what's his ceiling realistically? A top his ceiling, fifteen. Brock Purdy's ceiling is like Derek Carr, I would say. Yeah, which is a top, a top fifteen quarterback. Maybe on a great week, he'll finish in the top five for you. It has to, it has to be a great week. Yeah, it, it has to be like a four hundred yard, three touchdown day. Which I mean, listen, he's got Christian McCaffrey, and you know, Christian McCaffrey take a seventy eight, uh, seventy eight yard catch to the house with ease. You know, we we know this, but. He, he's just very unappealing in, in single quarterback leagues. I mean, honestly, all of them kind of are. Yeah, I, I won't roster any of them in single quarterback leagues. Is Purdy is Purdy interesting in Superflex? 
Yeah, but the nature of Superflex, he's definitely interesting. He's yeah. he's a good like QB2, QB3, depending on the matchup type of deal. Interesting guy there. Uh, Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo in Superflex? Give me Purdy. Purdy. Purdy or Bryce Young? Give me Bryce Young. I would go. I would go Bryce. I would go Garoppolo for what it's worth. Yeah, I, I don't know Josh McDaniels. Uh. Agreed. Agreed. I'll give you one. I'll give you one more here. Purdy or C.J. Stroud. Superflex. That's tough. I, I would go with Stroud for the ceiling. I don't love it. I think Purdy's safer, but in terms of ceiling wise and return on investment, I would go Stroud. I would go Stroud as well. I would go Stroud as well. That's, that's uh, quite comfortable. All right, so let's go to the running backs with the 49ers. Yeah, it's that guy Christian McCaffrey. We don't really need to talk about him all that much. He's the number one, he's the number one player coming off the board right now in pretty much every spot. Uh, ironically enough, though, according to fantasy fantasy football calculator, Justin Jefferson is the one one right now. I think he was on sleeper too. So yeah. All right, so maybe more people are taking are taking Justin Jefferson than uh, than than I thought. Which good on those people, but. I think Christian McCaffrey. It's again, again, it's the same story every year. Barring health, Christian McCaffrey is as locked and loaded as they come in fantasy football. Yeah, barring health, and then you just have to prioritize Elijah Mitchell, in my opinion, uh, in, in those uh, mid to late rounds as, as your handcuff and could have standalone value, but you probably don't want to start two Niners running backs. It's a little uh, unproductive there, but I mean, he Elijah Mitchell is uh, an injury away from being a locked and loaded top 20 play on a given week. So take that for what it's worth. There are some reports out there that say that Jordan Mason could get more looks behind McCaffrey, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've been there. And I'll that. believe it when I see it. Yeah. That's like, yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. I I, I kind of think that Elijah Mitchell is your classic. He's your classic backup running back, classic handcuff, but obviously he is more valuable because he is the handcuff to the consensus number one running back in fantasy. So for everybody out there, he has standalone value. And yeah. you could draft him whether or not you have Christian McCaffrey on your team or not. I would say he is very appealing if you don't have Christian McCaffrey, because guess what? If you don't have Christian McCaffrey and Christian McCaffrey goes down, you either have a locked and loaded high-end RB2 on the super low end of the spectrum, or you have a very valuable trade chip that you could turn into something quite nice. Yes. Yes. Agreed there. And people could say all they want that it's only Elijah Mitchell, but guess what? People go crazy when there's a handcuff running back that all of a sudden goes from not even a top 40 weekly play to being a top 15 weekly play. Yeah, I think he needs to be a top 40 weekly play, honestly. I have him right now as my 44th overall overall running so back. So he's right on the cusp. Yeah, he's he he's in this handcuff range. He's with he's with Singletary, he's with Charbonnet, he's with Penny, he's with Algier. Um the, the only difference between you know Mitchell and the rest of those guys is the rest of those guys I could see getting on the field. Whereas Mitchell, he'll get minimum maybe 10 to 12 touches a game but outside of that you know his his ceiling is very 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 limited as long yes. as McCaffrey is is there versus you know De if Devin Singletary if Devin Singletary is somehow good for Houston 
is there really any promise that Damian Pierce is going to stay on the field? The no. answer is no. No, very worried about Damian Pierce, but uh, it's I a am, subject for another day. Yeah, and we'll be talking about the 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 AFC South next week, and we can have a nice long discussion about uh, about uh, Mr. Damian Pierce. All right, so the receivers for the San Francisco 49ers, it is Debo, our good buddy Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. Those are the uh, the two uh, most noteworthy names for the 49ers, the ones that will be drafted pretty much everywhere in fantasy football league. I feel like we talked so much about the Niners this offseason. I, I, you know, as I'm saying that, I, I kind of said the same thing. Because we like, talked about Kittle, too, last time. Yeah, like we, we've spent a lot of time because we always just managed to find a way to talk about the 49ers just because this is the anti-Debo Samuel podcast. We just we talk about them all the time. I mean, even Kittle. Yeah, even even Kittle, even Kittle. But don't worry, we we're talking about the LA Rams today, and that'll, that'll be that'll be exciting because I don't think we talked about Cooper Cup like at all. No, not even Matthew Stafford. We talked about Cam Akers a lot, but well, Cam Akers is a friend. Cam yeah. Akers is a great guy. I love him, but we have to talk about Debo. We have to we have to uh, exhume this body once more. Uh, Jake and I are not the biggest Debo guys. You know, we're not going to be very complimentary about about Debo in, in in many ways when it comes to fantasy and his overall fantasy production. He's just another guy to me. He's just another guy that for he's the classic example of legitimate NFL and fantasy do not mix. He is probably one of the best, if not the best, after-the-catch guy in the National Football League right next to Tyreek Hill. But the problem is, for fantasy football, the production that he puts out onto the field on a weekly, if not seasonal basis, does not translate to fantasy success. And that is, the, that is the big difference here, is that what Debo means to the 49ers does not translate to what it means for your fantasy teams. Yeah, I think that's very well said. I, I just don't think that there is enough volume there. And just the overall type of scheme that the Niners play, and especially now that he doesn't want to go into the backfield and be a running back, and why would he have to do that when you have Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, two very, very capable running backs? And the, the year that he was playing running back for them was when they just couldn't keep a, a running back healthy. So, uh, yeah, just not enough opportunity there for me. Uh, very game script dependent as well. Like you said, very much more valuable to the Niners and what he brings there, particularly against the upper echelon of NFL teams that they'll be facing. But in terms of my fantasy team consistently getting a guy at his current ADP, it's just it's a no go. It, it is just a flat out no go. So, Jake, I have. I have t- tell me if you think this projection is good or not, and I'm open to any and all suggestions on this. I have Debo Samuel down for 117 touches, so I have him down for 47 carries, and then I have him down for 70 catches. I think 70 catches could be generous there too. Uh, it, you know, absolutely could be. Yeah, I think that's a very fair projection. You're you're not going to hear a complaint from me on that one. And I have him down for seven total touchdowns as well. Again, could be on the high side. Yeah, it absolutely could be. There's with Debo, there's no, there's no and, floor. And, he, for and he's him. not the most durable guy in the world either. He hasn't been right. I mean, he had the one oh. big year where he was pretty durable, and even then, he had a little bit of a flare up with a soft tissue injury. So, 2021, he had he played all 16 games. He had 1,400 yards receiving with six touchdowns, and then car and contribute. 
contributed 60 carries for 365 yards and eight rushing touchdowns. 14 cover total, up, yeah, 14 yeah, total you, touchdowns, over 1,700 yards total. If you Not just cover money. up the yeah, if you cover up the name, it just looks like a name at value. You know what I'm saying? You could say that's that's an outlier type season Absolutely. for anybody else. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. And you could and you could say that it could have been down to the the fluctuation with the 49ers quarterbacks last year. I mean, we just spent a whole ten minutes talking about Brock Purdy, but, but the, it, it could be the same thing this year too. So absolutely. Absolutely, which is why, which is why you can't, you can't convince me to go anywhere, anywhere near uh, Debo Samuel. Let me just see where he's going. He's going at the three six right now. That's that's horrid. That is that that, that, that that's is gross. An, yeah, not for me. Let somebody else do that. In my ranks, I have Debo at fifty eighth overall. Yeah, I, I think that's. I don't even think I draft him in the top 60, 70 players. I, I'm just not interested. Sorry. Honestly, I don't think I would either, even though I have him at 58. Like, all right, let's play America's favorite game, shall we? We're reviewing this a lot during this, these divisional previews. So let's just kick it off right here. Debo or what well, we did it with Brock Party, but it's not even over there. Uh, Debo or Christian Watson? Watson. Watson for me. Debo or Terry McLaurin? That's a little bit tougher. Yeah. I think guys are in very similar situations with I, I, I guys actually, on their heels. Yeah, I actually think I might go Debo here. I would go Debo. Yeah, and I, I'm not particularly interested in either. Debo or Christian Kirk? I was literally going to ask you this before you started this. I would go Kirk. I would go Kirk, too. I would, I would go, go Kirk. Kirk. I, He's Kirk. Still being, Christian Kirk is still being criminally underdrafted, I feel like, too. I was doing a quick little sleeper mock. Yes, he is. And the ADP, Christian Kirk, is going at the 6-8 right now. In relation to Calvin Ridley, who is going, if I can find him. Okay, Calvin Ridley is going at the 9-9 right now, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. That's, that's going to skyrocket. That's actually not that bad. But I that's that's going to go that's way up. Yeah, yeah, I don't expect that to stick, but if, if if somehow by the grace of God it does, I don't mind that for Calvin Ridley. It, sure, I don't mind that. I would actually, I would, I would one hundred percent draft him in the ninth round. Sure, as would I. As what? Yep. Uh, hell, no, no doubt. Hell, I'll even, I'll even take it up a notch. I would draft him as high as round. If you said to me with a gun to my head, if you had to take Calvin Ridley in the middle of the sixth round, would you do it? I was going to say the sixth I round would. before you enter. I said yes. I would. Sixth round. Sixth round is my absolute limit. Second round five, really, the answer is no. You're drafting him more to be like a flex guy, right? Like you're not really drafting him to be your yes. fantasy wide receiver one like we were his last year in Atlanta. So in I'm three, fine with that. In three receiver leagues, I would draft him to be, be my wide receiver three. Yeah, exactly. Because that's kind of an interchangeable spot in your fantasy lineup. Absolutely. You cannot draft him to be your wide your your wide receiver too. No, I wouldn't either. In in yeah, it, yeah you can't draft him as your wide receiver too. Um Debo or I'll give you one more here. Debo or all right, Debo or Calvin Ridley. Why not? I, I would I would go Debo still. I would go Debo as well. 
Debo or Jahan Dotson? Debo. I don't. I'm not. I'm not big on Dotson like you are. I'm huge on Dotson. I would still go Debo. So now let's go to our good buddy, Brandon Ayuk. Good pal. Good friend of the, good friend of the program. We've been very harsh on Brandon Ayuk in the past. I kind of feel like we've softened our stance on on Brandon Ayuk. But, but yeah, the ADP was much lower last year, so he didn't really screw us over as bad as he was when he was going in the, in the fifth round in fantasy drafts. Correct. Correct. And he had, he had a very good year last year. 78 catches, eight touchdowns, a shade over 1,000 yards. You could probably expect some level of growth out of that from from Brandon Ayuk, and he he's just not very exciting to me. That's that's no, what it comes down to. No, he's not very he's not very exciting. I actually like him more in non PPR and in half PPR, full point PPR. Like, do we do we realistically expect Brandon Ayuk to crack eighty five catches? No, 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 no. We don't. Is seventy eight repeatable? Sure. It is. Might have been on the higher side, though. I based the projection that I have for Brandon Ayuk right now. I have him down for sixty six catches. Very attainable and very fair, I would say. Sixty six catches, nine hundred and seven yards with five touchdowns. Yeah, I could see maybe the touchdowns being in the neighborhood of like six or seven, but five. I mean, you know, yeah, we're, we're really splitting hairs there. Two, two of his three years, he had five receiving touchdowns. Last year, he had eight. It's entirely possible that he that he goes back to the mean slightly, and he's in that six to seven range, as as Jake just said. Very, very possible. Uh, Jake, I know you said just said Brandon Ayuk is, is is boring. Is he is he a guy that you would draft as your say in a three receiver league? Would you draft him as your third receiver, or do you think he's more like a fourth receiver type, or yeah, say for, say for... first receiver off the bench? Yeah, for you, whether it's that, in two receiver or three receiver leagues. Yes, that's what he's more to me than than you know a dependable starter. Uh so let's just see here for fun. Brandon Ayuk or Deontay Johnson in half PPR? I would take Johnson. I think he's being undervalued right now. In half as well. Uh Ayuk in 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 full, or excuse me, in half. Johnson in full. Johnson's more of a full point PPR guy. He is. He is. I, I'm. I'm the same way. I would give. Give me Deontay Johnson in full. Give me Ayuk in half and non. Ayuk or Traylon Burks. I'd go Ayuk. I would go Ayuk too. Ayuk or Jordan Addison. I would go Addison. A little bit more exciting for me. Give me Ayuk, but that's close. Yeah, that's close. I I would Ayuk- understand. Ayuk or a guy we'll be talking about in this pot on this podcast today, Hollywood. Oh, Ayuk, I don't want Hollywood. <laughs> I don't want any part of 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 Hollywood, and then we'll talk about that when we uh, when we definitely get there. Uh, it is Ayuk, and then George Kittle. He's he's just a steady steady guy at this point in, in his. I, I in still his think career. he's more than just the. I think he's just the name at this point. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, he, he had eleven touchdowns last year. There's the, his career high was set in 2021 with six, but he's a, he's a big three touchdowns this week. And then he'll go three weeks of putting up 5.5, you know? So the consistency is an ideal for me. So from weeks three to 14, how many touchdowns do you think George Kittle had? Four. 
Very close. Three. Yeah. Then week, then he was just a playoff monster. Week 15, five catches, 93 yards, and two touchdowns. Week 16, eight catches, 120 yards, and two touchdowns. Week 17, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at targets. I'm an idiot. Uh, four catches for 93 yards, two touchdowns versus the Seahawks. Six catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns versus the uh, Commanders. And four catches for 23 yards and a touchdown versus the Raiders. Then if you played Week 18 championships, four catches, 29 yards and two touchdowns versus the Arizona Cardinals. So yeah. he, he he gave you approximately 60% of his touchdowns in the last four weeks of the regular season. Yeah, not ideal. And, and you're not enjoying them. So if you drafted no. them in all likelihood. Nope. No, and odds are, odds are, you you missed one of the weeks because yeah, hundred percent did. Yeah, I mean it, it's he's one of those guys that I have never, I have never been tempted to be Me like, neither. you know what? Let's just draft George. Keaton. He's more of the guy you trade for if you have like you sure. know what I'm saying. Sure. Not not a guy I draft off the board. I agree. George Killer, Pat Fryermuth. Close. I'd probably go Kittle, but I would see why you would say Fryermouth. I would say Kittle, but they're they're very close. My projection for George Kittle, have him down for 67 catches, 878 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. So it kind of tracks what he's been doing, and you're probably compensating for an injury at some point. Yes. Odds are. Yeah. Okay, so the Niners are done let's go to hmm, let's go to the Seahawks why not because the Seahawks are are, are an interesting little spot Geno Smith had a fantastic year last year resulted in him getting paid and rightfully so a career year for Geno 30 touchdown season for him obviously everyone is going to be talking about oh Geno coming back down to earth and 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 whatnot but He's in a great situation. It's really hard to ignore when you have the likes of Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, TK Metcalf, Dylan Fant, Will Disley. There are so many options that exist in Seattle that Geno Smith, as a fantasy quarterback, just based on merit, he's kind of hard to ignore. He is hard to ignore. I think 30 touchdowns might be a little bit more on the optimistic side for Geno to replicate. But I think if you were telling me where I'm drafting Geno, he'll, he'll throw for – I don't know, 24, 25 touchdowns. I have them I down would, for 26. Okay, so I would probably sign up for that, no doubt. Um, in 12-team in, in single quarterback leagues, I would be a little scared to have Geno as my only quarterback after draft day, but he, he's definitely a surefire, uh, super flex, Q, two QB league type of guy for me. I, I would probably want another body with him in, in single quarterback leagues. He's in that group of quarterbacks. I talk about this group all the time of he's a guy that you can win with, but you need to have someone behind him in case the wheels fall off. And ideally the a guy that I would want to have behind him. Like if you were, if you're to, to take Gino and then you end up with a Jordan love or Kenny Pickett or yeah. Bryce young, or even, even a Brock Purdy. I would, I, I, I would probably, fine. I would want to pair Gino with like a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr, somebody where I know what I'm going to get. Interesting. Okay. All right. You so know? You're, the, you're the complete opposite as I am. Yeah. I I, I kind of want a guy on there that I know that, hey, if the wheels fall off, hey, I, I have a guy I could turn to here. 
Whereas with those other guys, like the wheels could fall out, could fall off with them. <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of look at, look at the quarterback market though. And I always say in, in 10 and 12 team leagues, 14 team leagues is an entirely different beast. And yes, I would agree with you in 14 team leagues. I would want to have a steady veteran guy behind Gino, but I think in 10 and 12 team leagues, quarterback is just so easy to replace anyway, that if if you take that young QB with significant upside behind a steadier option, like like with Geno, like with Aaron Rodgers, like with Jared Goff, et cetera, you have a chance of hitting on one of those guys. And and even, even if Geno is the guy that hits for you and the 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 young gun that you took behind him doesn't hit, okay, congratulations. You hit you hit with Geno again. And and, and you ride Geno. Uh, I, I say it all the time, and Jake, I know you're going to agree with 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 this statement before you, uh, you know, go go on a little uh, a little tangent about Geno. Quarterback is the most is the easiest position to replace in fantasy. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's no and, tangent needed either. I think we're we're pretty much on the same page here. Yeah, there's no there's no easier position to replace than quarterback. Geno is one of those guys where if he hits, great. If he doesn't, then you it go. It won't you sink your season. Yeah, won't say you'll find another guy like Gino if you're lucky. You know what I'm saying? Would you would you potentially take a chance on Gino being the guy for four to six weeks and then turning the reins over to Kyler? Drafting Gino and then Kyler Murray late. It's interesting. I don't know if Kyler's gonna play this year. I mean, what 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 good does it serve, right? Like it's a yeah, weird situation. Yeah. I think Gino would be maybe with like Anthony Richardson, if 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 the the reins get handed over to him, that would be a, an exciting option right there to explore. Um, or honestly, like maybe if things aren't going right, well, let's just say we're we're getting you know like consistent, slightly above average Geno Smith. I think Anthony Richardson would be exciting. I think C.J. Stroud would be exciting. One of the rookies, you know. Anthony Richardson is currently being drafted higher than Geno Smith. It's that's just I I, I don't get that. Not for me, at least. Anthony Richardson is being drafted in round twelve right now. Back end of round twelve. So Gino's really going for a nice price then. I I, 13, I think I could... 13 four. Listen, that's a hundred and sixty third overall. That's so. So the so the fantasy community is not banking on Gino replicating last year's success. No. How, no. What about Jared Goff? What about him? I think he's another like comparable guy to Gino. No. Goff is going at the eleven twelve. I, I think I would rather have Gino than Goff. I would rather have Gino. Yeah, I think I would rather have Gino. Uh, let's see. Oh, look, Matthew Stafford. Let's see where he is. Sta- St- I would take Stafford above Gino. I think though, thirteen seven for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I would. I would take Stafford above all those guys that we just talked about, except Kyler, of course, if Kyler's help. But Kyler, I don't think Kyler's going to play this year. That's a weird one. Yeah, we'll definitely get to uh, to to Kyler. It'll be a nice little uh, nice discussion about Kyler. All right, so the Seahawks running backs. It is Kenneth Walker and it is Zach Charbonnet, the rookie they drafted in the second round of April's NFL draft. And the next guy behind them, in case anybody is curious, is DJ Dallas. Jake, how much fantasy interest do you have in DJ Dallas? None. And I'm not that big on Charbonnet like you guys all are. I mean, look, there are guys, I think if he wasn't a second-round pick, nobody would be talking about him this much. But you guys got to understand, like, there's been plenty of first- and second-round running backs that get drafted in the NFL that simply can't play. I mean, let, let, let's I'll give you a few examples right here. Like, it kind of reminds me of, remember Keyshawn Vaughn in Tampa Bay? He he didn't pan out. Rashad Penny in, in Seattle's own backyard was a first-round pick. He didn't pan out. 
Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he didn't pan out in Kansas City. So I, just because they drafted a second-round running back and even Trey Sermon in the third round who the Niners traded up for, I'm not running out just to get him because he was a second-round pick. But is he a valuable handcuff for a Kenneth Walker fantasy manager? Oh, yeah, you bet, because the other options are are terrible. So, But I'm not going to just fade Kenneth Walker because they drafted Zach Charbonnet. I think they drafted a guy to help take a little bit of the load off of Kenneth Walker while still maintaining an above-average running game for a team that needs to run the ball with Geno Smith because he needs a good running game. So um, that that's I, I think that's just pretty ludicrous. Uh, the, the the counter to that would be that you mentioned Rashad Penny. They drafted Rashad Penny in the first round in 2018, I think it was. Yeah, it was the Darnold-Josh Allen draft, yep. Yes, so 2018. Chris Carson then was the leader of rushing yards for that team, 2018, 2019, 2020. Carson ended up being the guy there. So I think I think Pete Carroll is not afraid to change yeah, things but up. Also, Penny was hurt, though, all the time, though, that year, sure. too. He could never get on the field. Sure. Very valid. Am I going out of my way to draft Zach Charbonnet? No, I am not. But, but I would Zach... go out of my way to draft Kenneth Walker, though. I I don't understand what this st- – if they never drafted Zach Charbonnet, is Kenneth Walker a first-round fantasy pick with this year's running back class? I think he could be. He could definitely be a back end of the first round guy. He'd be a top. I would say he'd be a de- a definite top twenty pick. Yeah, definitely. I would even go as far as say maybe top fifteen as well. Yeah. So I'm telling you, man. I I think a lot of people are going to be looking back at their fantasy drafts this year and have Kenneth Walker as a, as a major regret. I think he's going to have a big second year, and he's going to be healthier too. I think he he was a little banged up at the end of last year. Okay, so where where would you take Kenneth Walker? Shit, I would take Kenneth Walker in like the back of the second round, early third round. I have him right now at 30th overall. I, I think that's a little low for me. I really think he's like a top 25-ish guy. Okay, would you rather have Kenneth Walker or Joe Mixon? Uh, Bengals running back, of course, I would take Mixon. Okay. Kenneth Walker or Chris Olave? Walker. I'd rather have Olave. Olave is Michael Thomas going to be out there week one? I mean, I could say yes, but the answer could easily be no. If Thomas is out there, I would rather have Walker. If if, if Thomas, Thomas is out, not, if Thomas prop, is out, it would be Olave by Walker. default. Uh, yes, I'm with you. Walker or Tony Pollard? Pollard, but okay. yeah. Walker or Ramondre Stevenson? Walker. I would go Stevenson. That's really close. Yeah, it's gross. I would take Walker. Walker or Alexander Madison? Walker. I would rather have Walker. So he he's basically your 27th overall for you. Yeah. Somewhere I around very, I would be very happy if that was the outcome. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with, Ke- with Kenneth Walker in round three. I'm fine with that. My my biggest issue with Kenneth Walker has nothing to do with Zach Charbonnet. Absolutely nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with the fact that he was a little boomer busty. But he was a or, rookie, though. He, you know sure. what I'm saying? He was a rookie, sure. and also he was hurt at some point last year. So 
I don't know, man. Is he going to be a second-year guy? This is a player on the rise, in my opinion. My biggest concern with Walker, honestly, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. Is he going to get – because we, we just look at when but, he But that's really... a team that, that needs to run the football. P. Carroll loves running the ball. Sure. Absolutely. If we look at when he really went nuts consistently – it was at the end of the season, three straight 100-yard games to close out the year. He had 26, 23, and 29 carries. Is he getting that that sort of work consistently? I, I think he could. I, I'm just not – I just don't think Zach Charbonnet will hold as much weight as other people think. And I agree with you. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. My biggest concerns with Kenneth Walker are performance-related. I don't think Zach Charbonnet is a guy that's going to come in and be a bull in a china shop with this running back room in in Seattle. I think Kenneth Walker is way more talented than Zach Charbonnet is, for what it's worth. Yeah, that was a good football team that didn't have a lot of needs on their rosters. They went with a guy to help him out with the strength. That's That's how I looked at it. So Kenneth Walker last year for his for his rookie year, he had 228 carries on 1,050 yards and nine touchdowns. The projections that I have that I have for him this year, Jake, I have him down for 247 carries, 1,097 rushing yards with 10 rushing touchdowns and 29 catches. It's very good. It's very solid. Yeah. Very solid. I would be drafted. I would. I would draft that guy in 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 round three quite comfortably. Yep, you'll sl- you'll sleep good at night with that as your third round pick. Not as good as you know Antonio Brown in full point PPR, but oh god, yeah, was, yeah, that was one of the that was one of the most sound night sleeps that I think I've had in my life having Antonio Brown full point PPR because you know you sleep much much better at night. So the receivers, we have three of them: Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. And Jackson Smith in Jigba. I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to throw this on the record. If there's one that I'm willing to take at price, it's in Jigba. Where's Lockett would... going compared to him? Uh, Lockett is going at the 6-7, 69th overall. Oh, God, no. Uh, it's, yes, it's JSN. DK Metcalf is going at the 3-8, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't hate that for DK, though. Is going at the 13-4. Yeah, no, that's that's a no-brainer. That's gonna that's gonna rise, I think, though. It has to. It has to. Let me let me actually just check the fantasy pros ADP to see if that is any different. So the Fantasy Pros ADP has him at 111th overall. Lockett is at 68th overall, so that's in line. And then Metcalf at 35th overall. Yeah. So 35th, 68th, and 111th. I, I, I think that sounds about right to me. I could definitely see that rising, though. DK is the, is the one that you like the most here? I think we've we, we've we've definitely established that based on uh, your your shock and awe to my take of uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba potentially being better than than no DK no Metcalf. Metcalf's better. 
Um, I know there was something that I, that I wanted to say, and it just, it just completely, uh, it it completely escapes me. And, oh. and the tight ends are useless. If that if that was the question, no, that uh, definitely that definitely was was not the question. Um, it was about Jackson Smith and Jake. But Jake, do you see potentially, potentially, do you see wide receiver two upside for Jackson Smith and Jake in year one? Maybe if it's an injury to Tyler Lockett, yes. Okay. I think it would take an injury though. So I, I have Njigba down right now for 50, 58 catches, 752 yards, and five touchdowns. That sounds fair. I think it's a very safe projection. Safe rookie season. In keeper leagues, he's very exciting, though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, I do want to talk about Tyler Lockett because my projections for him are not friendly at all. 70 catches, 862 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. He is just one of those guys that when I projected him, I was like immediately, okay, yeah, he's going to destroy this projection. And he's had four straight years of over a thousand yards, four straight years of at least eight touchdowns. It's kind of hard to see, even though my projections say completely a complete different story. And of course, Jackson Smith and Jig was there. and, And yes, you know, you got to factor him into this, but it's really hard to see a scenario where Tyler Lockett does not get over 100 targets and at least maybe not eight touchdowns again, but say six, seven touchdowns. It's really, really hard for me not to see that. Yeah, I agree I agree with you there. And it just health is a big thing with him, right? I know last year he had the pinkies, had hamstrings before in the past. He's a kind of guy where I think he will get his. He's not the best in full. He's more of a – I like him a little bit better in half and in non – than full, but I, I think he's a fine option. Maybe not the most exciting, but he's fine. So you want to know, you want to know a fun little stat about about Tyler Lockett? Every year of his career, he was a rookie in 2015. So now he'll be he'll be going into his eighth year in the league. Every year of his career, Tyler Lockett has played at least 15 games. Yeah, it just he's just always on the injury report. Always, he's always that guy. Oh, is Tyler Lockett going to play? Is Tyler Lockett going to play? We'll talk about it in the mailbag. Uh, the injury reports, whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. Jake, do we think Tyler Lockett's going to be good to go for this week? He always plays. Always plays. He's And he's always just super, super consistent. So Lockett, I think, is going to be a guy, I think, as a fourth receiver or even as a third receiver that you're starting. It's excellent. I think that's excellent, too. That would be a good arrangement. And then the tight ends. Jake had already be, beaten me to the punch. Uh, no offense, my tight end 25. Like, okay, <laughs> great. Yeah, thanks. Have a nice day. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Good stuff. Let's go to the – we'll go to the Rams. Why not? So, Matthew Stafford. There are a ton of people that have concerns about Matthew Stafford because of the various injuries and – specifically the neck injury and everything of, of the sort. I kind of am digging Stafford as long as the price is fairly obtainable and it's late and it is late, late, late. Yeah. He's a guy that has something to prove, right? That he could still play in the league. I think that whole team will be a lot better this year after the Super Bowl hangover. And that's the type of guy where, He's a fine stream on a week. We'll we'll be hearing a lot about him on the fantasy mailbag this year. I'm sure, you know, Matthew Stafford or something, but 
that team is going to be a lot better, and I expect that offense to put a, put up a lot more points this year and get back to what they were the year prior when they won the Super Bowl, now that they have something to prove, especially with Cooper Cup now healthy as well. So I think Stafford and Cup will still get there. So I think that's a tremendous stack if you can pull that off. Also, if you can get Cooper Cup as your round one fantasy pick and then draft Stafford late and really predicate your team on Cooper Cup, I think you're really onto something there. Yeah, and and, and listen, I we, we've talked about this a thousand times as well. Matthew Stafford is coached by Sean McVay. And McVay didn't just come back just to come back for the sake of, of fun. Right. He he did not come back just to collect a paycheck and then ride off into the sunset. He thinks that there is a team that is capable of challenging for the division, capable of challenging for a playoff spot. And he's gonna do what he needs to do to get this to get this team there. And a big part of that is going to be Matthew Stafford uh in the long run. Cam Akers. We talk about Cam Akers all the time. Great guy. Adore Cam Akers. Jake, I, we, we, we've talked about the upside, right? I want to ask you the opposite. What's the downside with Cam Akers? McVay hates him. And he gets traded? And, uh, no, I, or just doesn't play. Okay. I, yeah, I mean... I, I'm allergic to talking negatively about about Cam Akers. I just like I, I can't. The only risk you take is Sean McVay doesn't like him. That that's really it. I want to ask you. I want to ask you this as well. The, going back to I guess now upside with him. Does Cam Akers have double digit touchdown upside? Do you think? Oh, one thousand percent, he does. Because it's not like Stafford's going to take away any rushing touchdowns in the goal line. True. True. Very true. The the issue for me with Acres, honestly, in full PPR especially, are the receptions. That's that, that yep. maybe the biggest concern that I have with him. But out, outside of that, he should be the guy here. I mean, and, and, and it's such Sonny a pivotal Michelle, year for him too. It's a it is a oh my god it is a humongous year for him. It's kind of like a make or break in the NFL for him. Yeah, I I, I definitely think so. And I do I do I foresee Cam Akers being he definitely has a thousand yard, eleven hundred yard upside. He absolutely does. I think his range probably is in between nine fifty and eleven hundred. I think that's probably where he he ends up settling. And if you factor in eight, nine touchdowns, that's a very, very solid return. I, I think reasonably, if we're talking super stripped down. Honest take, week to week, it may not be super pretty with Cam Akers, but in the long run, if you look at the entire package and everything that he brings to the table, I think Cam Akers is going to be a draft pick at the end of the day that is worth it. With yeah. tremendous upside. The upside is most certainly there, especially if the Rams are, are playing as good as we think they will bounce back. Yeah, I'm signing up for sure. And there's no concern with Sony Michelle or Kyron Williams potentially being annoying. Yeah, not really. Superb. Cooper Cup. We mentioned this before we came on. Hell, we may have mentioned it even when we were on the podcast. We've been recording for a while now, so I couldn't even fucking tell you. We don't talk about Cooper Cup enough because he's just like, he's just, he's just, he's just a guy. He's a guy that he takes the football field. 
we know what Cooper Cup is going to be. Let me let me ask you: Is he your fantasy receiver? What, where is he ranked right now? He is my wide receiver three. three. That's interesting because I I think he's the wide receiver three too, and I think a lot of people think he's the wide receiver two. I I have personally just thinking off the top of my head, I would rather have Jefferson and Jamar Chase, who is due for contract extension after this year. So you know yes. how that'll go. <laughs> that is that is exactly how I have it. I have it: Jefferson one, Chase two. Cup three, Tyreek Hill at four. Yep. I, who, I, that, who now, by the way, could be facing some legal problems. Yeah, I still wouldn't take Tyreek Hill. Um, I would rather have a running back than him in the first round. So, um, yeah. With Cooper Cup, though, and this is maybe the question that I that I wanted to ask you, and we've talked about him from a dynasty perspective of maybe now is the time to sell and, and getting ahead of that and being early rather than being late. Let's just say Cooper Cup, the first two, three weeks of the year, is goes full sicko mode. Yeah, so, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him in redraft if he's going good. But in, in, in Dynasty, yes. What if you're what if you're one and two with Cooper Cup? You have a hole you have a hole at receiver and someone or, or running back, excuse me. Someone offers you, let's say, let's say Calvin Ridley look is looking all right. Someone offers you Kenneth Walker and Calvin Ridley for No, nah, I wouldn't Cup. do it. I wouldn't do it. Cooper Cup can outscore both those guys on any given week. All right, change Calvin Ridley to Lockett. No, nah, I'm still not doing it. <laughs> change Lockett to Keenan Allen. No, still not doing it. <laughs> change Keenan Allen to T. Higgins. Now Higgins can get me uh, intrigued. Because Higgins is playing for his cash. Okay. What about Devonta Smith? No, absolutely not. Okay. All right. So you're you're of the you're of the mold that if you are just in in seasonal and that's it, you take Cooper Cup and he's returning good. You're holding on to him and he's untouchable. Yes. Yes. In keeper and in dynasty, would you trade Cup now, or would you wait till the season? I would wait until the season when he's going bananas and see how your team looks. What if Cooper Cup stinks week one? You still hold on to him? Yeah, you yeah, you can't get a return on your investment after a bad week. You know how fantasy players are. Of course. Of course, everything is very, very much in the moment. You could be yes. you could be terrible for three weeks, but if you're good for one week, everyone's gonna remember the one good week. Yes, yes. Um, any other receivers for the Rams that are yeah, half of the Yeah, I actually Van think Van Jefferson, Jefferson is another one. I, I, I I think he's the most intriguing of the guys. Yeah, I would I would agree. It, it, even and even then, it's not like it's not super appealing, but it's it's appealing enough in twelve and fourteen team leagues. If you have a hole at receiver and you want to take a lottery shot, you should get plenty of play, of playing time. Yes. And then Tyler Higby. Do I dare say it? I kind of like him. Yeah, that's kind of like a, a second tight end on the roster, but I wouldn't feel comfortable with him being my starter. Um, Agreed. Agreed. He's my he's my tight end 15. So he's on the borderline of starting in 12-team leagues for you, which is Correct. a fair assessment. Correct. In my, in my projections, I have him down for 63 catches, 603 yards with five touchdowns. I think that sounds fair. As, a tight end, uh, as, as the tight end 15? Sure. 
Sure. With obvious upside for more, because if the Rams offense is as good as it was two years ago, then all these projections are going to mean are going to mean jack shit. Um, and for what it's worth, let me just check the spreadsheet here for Cooper Cup. Uh, I'll read you his projections. So I have Cup down for 112 catches, 1,375 receiving yards with 10 touchdowns. That sounds like a, a knockout of the park there. I mean, 20 it's basically it's basically his 20 his 2019 season he had 94 catches on just under 1200 yards with 10 touchdowns and of course the monster year the record-breaking year 145 catches just under 2000 yards and 16 touchdowns hard to see him going back to that and being something very similar to that uh, we don't really know what the median is as of yet 2022 he was on pace to be pretty close to that, maybe 110, 120 catches, some somewhere in there, and 1,500 yards. He, he was pretty close to that. Going into his age 30 season, still plenty of time on him. It, it's hard. It's really it's gonna be really really hard, I think, for someone that's sitting in the back end of round one to really stare at Cooper Cup and not be enticed to potentially bite on that. I would agree there. I mean, dude, I think Cup. I'm so high on him this year. It's like this is the year. Watch, uh, like I wasn't that high on him last year, and I looked pretty stupid to start off the season. This will be the year where I want him and I get him, and it's like blows up completely in my face. He's my player overall nine. Yeah, I, I, I think th- that's also very much on the lower scale compared to the consensus too. I want to say so. Um, yeah. The EC the ECR I'm actually higher than than the ECR is the ECR has him right now on Fantasy Pros he is 13th. Okay, so I'm higher on him. the 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 highest that someone has is seventh overall. Hmm. Would you take him at seventh overall? Yeah, I would. Okay. I'd take him as high as six overall. Ooh, who would you take him over then? So, so who, let me who just would, think. Who would be the five then that you would that you would take over Cooper Cup? Yeah. So I would take McCaffrey, Jefferson, Chase. Yes, those three. I would take Eckler above Cup. I think. Okay, it's four. And then I'm definitely missing somebody that's like rather obvious. So forgive me. Bijan, Barkley, uh, no, Kelsey, no. Jonathan Taylor. Damn, I think I would take him as high as five. Nick Chubb? I would take Cup. Derrick Henry? I would take Cup. I said Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, you did. I would take Cup. And, and you've already established that you would take Cup over Hill. So, wow, you would take you would take him as high as five. I would take him as high as five. Wow. Yeah, I would. Wow. I thought I was high on him. Jeez. Well, this will be the year that you get him. Yeah, maybe it is. I, I honestly, I think, I think if you maintain that thought that you would take him as high as five, I mean, you you just said before we came on that you just got your first draft order and you're sitting at six. I love Cup at six. Oh, you'll get him there. No, it's not looking like it. Interesting. You'll you have to you have to send me a list of guys that are being kept. Then, got to remember Chase is being kept too, so that takes a guy off the board. Yeah, I mean, it, I need team. someone to love Tyreek Hill. 
But this yeah. league, they would like Cup. Would, we'll would, see. We'll t- yeah. We'll- is Kelsey even a remote possibility there? I'm not. I'm not taking a tight end that early. Okay. No. no, I'm. I'm saying for somebody oh, else for me. No, 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 no. All right, for the Arizona Cardinals, it should be a pretty, uh, pretty swift one because well, the Cardinals. Is there any? Let's just start over this. Is there anybody you want to roster from that team? Depending on where he's being drafted, I wouldn't mind James Conner. It's like, uh... let me let me check his ADP. And I'll I'll give you I'll give you an answer. James Conner like, is a Cardinals running back really getting you places. Forty fourth overall. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out on that. Is there I, a I pass? Kind of... Like, who would you want to actually roster from that team? Kyler maybe as a stash if he comes back I, and, and honestly, he's going to play. Honestly, I do, I do have an answer for you. I, I was going to say Connor, depending on price. That's not it. Trey McBride. Yeah, but is Ertz coming back anytime soon? Or Ertz is going to be back there. Yeah. But McBride is free. You're not going to want to draft McBride out of the gate to start off the fantasy season. Come on. It, those it, fantasy it, spots are valuable. You that's a guy you would want to spend some fab dollars on or add during the week. It depends. If you're in a 12 if you're in a 12 or a 14 or in a 14 team league and you're rolling with two tight ends, then then McBride definitely becomes interesting and you could you, you could definitely take a take a little roll on that. That would be that would be my answer. Um but let's let's just talk about Kyler Murray because Jake very quickly even in Superflex, I know the answer. Everyone knows the answer in one quarterback. In Superflex, would you be drafting Colt McCoy? No. <laughs> no. That says all you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. Even in Superflex, Jake would not be drafting Colt McCoy. So, Kyler Murray. Jake, you said that there is doubt as to whether or not Kyler Murray plays this year. I agree with you. The Cardinals, it is in their best interests to suck. Because guess what? Maybe the Texans do it for him. And there is a real possibility, Jake, that the Cardinals are turned around in a year. Because if they can some way, somehow, suck enough where one of those picks is the first overall pick and they manage to secure another top five pick via Houston, and they're able to get themselves Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Holy shit. On top of you could probably trade Kyler for a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And there are listen, there are plenty of teams out there that would that would take uh, Kyler Murray for for one of their first round picks. Are you kidding me? Yep. If it doesn't if it doesn't work. With Jordan Love and Green Bay, you're telling me the Packers wouldn't trade a first-round pick for Kyler Murray? Yeah, you, you would probably trade Kyler, though, out of the NFC. I would think like a team like sure. New England would 100% sure. be all over Kyler. Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're definitely one that comes to mind. And, you know, the AFC is just a gauntlet of quarterbacks. If, if Tua can't stay healthy, Miami. Miami. Miami makes a lot of sense there. Yeah. Tennessee, if Levis isn't that good. You know, the Denver Broncos have been given to Russell Wilson somehow. Sure. If they're able to get out of that deal by the grace of God. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders, the Raiders, maybe I, mean, I don't want to speak too loudly on this, but I know, I know the company that I keep, not the Jets. If let's just say for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers is one and done for whatever reason, 
I don't think the Jets would be interested in that contract. Fair, fair. And that there's there's financially reasonable reasons. Um, would you still take a stab on Kyler Murray late in single quarterback leagues? No, I it's, it's, no. I'm not keeping a quarterback that's not going to play until the middle of the season. Not even if you have an, if you have an IR spot, you wouldn't do it. No, well, I'm going to need that IR spot eventually. If I have two IR spots, spots, yes, I would probably. But yeah, most, nah, of, most of my most of my leagues do have two. No, all mine have one. So okay, that's a problem. That's a problem. So yeah, one in one and IR spot, two leagues, IR yeah. spots, spots. I would. Yeah, all all of my leagues are two. So if you have that additional spot and you want and you want to use one on Kyler, then then definitely go for it. Uh, we talked about we talked about James Conner just a little bit. The price is a, is a little high. The team is gonna stink. He's a weird one because he's gonna get he's gonna get volume. He's fine. He's boring. But yeah, it's like, and I I wanna be, I wanna be on James Conner. I really do. But the team is gonna stink, and he is boring. So not a mix. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just like if I'm looking, I look at his ADP very quickly. Guys that are going around him that are at the running back spot: J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Miles Sanders, Alexander Madison, Rashad White. I would rather all of those guys over James Conner in relation to his average draft position. Uh, the receiver room in Arizona, it's uh, Hollywood. It's Rondell Moore. Not a lot of good, to be to be quite honest. Greg Dortch, our good buddy Greg Dortch. Jake, are we going to have no, a question it's not on the mailbag? No, no Greg Dortch this year. We're going to have a question on the mailbag again this forget year. Forget the Greg. Arizona Cardinals. This is this is a, it, it, I'll, I'll say what I want to say for the end. Um, Jake, where would you be comfortable drafting Hollywood? Ninth round. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it, that's like that's if. not that's not a bad answer. Yeah, like sure, the ninth round is a wide receiver one for a team. Sure, okay. He's going eighty second overall. Would you be comfortable with that? Uh, what's eighty second? Eighth round. Eighth round. Just I don't want him. No, it's, nah, but, no, it's honestly, little... no. It's got to be the ninth round. In twelve t- in twelve team leagues, eighty second overall is seven seven. Ugh. Yeah. No. Okay. You wouldn't. You would not touch him until at least a hundredth overall. Yes. Okay. Uh, let me just look at my projections for him. I tell me if you think this is generous. 73 catches, 907 yards, four touchdowns. Extremely generous. It could be. It could be because honestly, his foot could flare up and and then he's, yeah. he, miss, he misses multiple weeks. He's he's had this foot bug now for what seems like forever. So that wouldn't really wouldn't surprise me. Is Rondell Moore at all interesting to you, Jake? No. You wouldn't take a flyer on him? No. 12 team leagues, you wouldn't take you wouldn't take a flyer. No. Okay. Greg Dorch? Not at all interesting, no. No, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Okay. And then the, the tight ends. We talked about 
uh, Trey McBride briefly. He's someone that I'm I'm kind of interested in a little bit. Um, but again, really thought clutching at straws there. Um, he's it's the Arizona Cardinals, and this goes this goes very much in line to what I wanted to say before. You don't win fantasy championships this year because of someone on the Arizona Cardinals. It just is not happening. No. It is not happening. So you're better off, instead of wasting your time on what's going to be a very, very bad football team, if it means, I'll just pull up my overalls right now, Uh, if it means, you know, Hollywood for me is 70th overall, if it means potentially taking a stab on a younger guy like Jordan Addison at 86th overall, I think it's much more exciting than going more, than going Hollywood Brown at 70th. Yeah. <laughs> you're 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 talking to the right guy about that. It's much more exciting and potentially much more fruitful for what it's worth. All right, so that's going to be it for the NFC West preview. Jake and I will be back on Thursday to discuss the AFC West, much more fun, fun, fun out in the AFC West. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review. Tell us how much you love the program. For Jake Simone, I'm Ed Herzl, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.